What's up, guys? I'm Jared Lopes, and you're listening to the Dad Tired Podcast, where I'm helping everyday families learn how to follow Jesus in everyday life. How's it going, guys? Jared Lopes back here with you on the Dad Tired Podcast. It's good to be with you. If you're new to Dad Tired, welcome. We're glad to have you. Um, The best way to get information on what we're doing is to go to dadtired.com. You can listen to all the podcasts there. You can click the community tab that will link you over to a closed group on Facebook where we've got thousands of guys from around the world uh, who are taking their faith, their family, and their marriage very seriously. So we'd love to have you be part of that, as you probably just heard uh, in the background. I'm on solo dad duty today. Um, That was actually my foster daughter uh, who just yelled. I've talked about her in one of the more recent podcasts called The Taste of Death. That was the episode. Um, You can hear more about that. But um, I have been fighting a man cold <laughs> uh, all weekend and just been sick in bed and being a baby and not feeling well at all. And because I've been taking NyQuil and all that kind of stuff, my mind has just been really foggy and terrible. Um, so I don't have anything good for you today. I was actually going to, I, in like the midst of consciousness of trying to like come in and out of medicine uh, comas, uh, trying to think through like, what what is it that I want to talk about this week? And honestly, I just couldn't think of anything uh, as I've been kind of fighting this whatever sickness I have. Um, what I was going to do today, I, I, the whole point of Dad Tired is that I would, I would point guys towards Jesus. That's the whole mission of what we do is everything, every Instagram post we have, every Facebook post, everything that, w- every podcast episode, everything that we're trying to do is just remind guys of the gospel, point guys towards Jesus and not change behavior. We're convinced that if we can point guys towards Jesus, that their lives would change, that their behavior changes as a result. Um, of that. And so, um, I, as I was thinking through like, all right, even though I'm sick and not feeling well, how can I still point you guys towards Jesus? I was just going to read through scripture with you. Um, because there's no better way to point you towards Jesus than to actually hear from God himself and God's word itself. Um, otherwise you're just hearing my commentary, which, you know, commentary is fine, but there's no, nothing beats the actual word of God. So I was just going to read through that with you. But, um, I, re- I remember this message that I heard from one of my favorite pastors, John Piper, uh, and he gave a message on memorizing scripture and how important it is to like bury God's word deep within our hearts that we'd be able to memorize it. Uh, and for the first 15 minutes of his message, um, he just quotes scripture from memory, no commentary, no thoughts on it for just 15 minutes straight. He just interweaves all these scripture scripture passages that he had memorized um, and had them tucked away deep in his heart. And he just shared verse after verse after verse. Um, and it reminded me of this. I, one time I heard the, about this missionary who, um, who had been taken into prison in another country and they had confiscated all this stuff, including his Bible. And he's just in prison for years and years and years. And he had no opportunity to read the Bible, to read God's word. And so he had talked about how, how important it was for him that he had memorized all this scripture because uh, as he was in prison for years, uh, he was able to dwell on the word of God because it was deep within his heart. Uh, and it's just a, it's a, it's a skill that we don't do very often. It's, it's a discipline that we don't do very often here in the States because we're so used to being able to pick up a Bible or look on our phone and a Bible app or whatever, Google a Bible verse. 
And uh, I remember when I was in sixth grade, I, I had a pastor challenge me <clears throat> to to memorize. I think it was like sixty six verses. Um, sorry, my daughter, my new daughter here is uh, likes this microphone. Here, baby, <laughs> say thanks, daddy. <laughs> um, if you're dad, you you know all about this. I don't edit podcasts, by the way. If you're listening to this for the first time, you've heard uh, I don't edit. <laughs> I just keep things as real as they uh, actually are. What's up, babe? Yeah. Um, in sixth grade, I had this pastor <clears throat> challenge me to memorize these 66 verses of the Bible. And, uh, and he said if I could, if I could memorize the 66 verses, that he would buy me any pair of shoes that I wanted. And so I spent like six months memorizing these um, passages of Scripture. And, uh, and then he did. He kept his word. And he bought me this, a new pair of shoes, which was really cool for me uh, as a sixth grader. But those verses to this day are still deep within my memory. I, I have them. And it's oftentimes when I'm out and about or like when I'm either in a, in a season of just like wrestling with life or like when, when things are tough or when things are great, like all these verses are constantly popping into my mind and I'm remembering the scripture. Um, and that is really how many of the, the, uh, our brothers and sisters or Christians before us in the past would have, um, learned God's word is through memory. They've memorized huge chunks of scripture so that because they didn't have Bibles, we talked about this in the last episode, they didn't have Bibles to just like uh, go home and sit down and read, or they were illiterate and they couldn't sit down and read. Um, so the fact of memorizing God's word was really, really important. And uh, so anyway, I want to point you guys towards Jesus. I'm on a NyQuil high, and so I'm not going to be able to give you any real coherent thoughts. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to stop talking, and I'm just going to play for you the first 15 minutes of this message where John Piper, he's not reading it. He is just um, he's just telling, he's, he's repeating back scripture from memory for 15 minutes. And I know that as I say that there's some of you who are like, Oh, that's really cool. There's other of you who think that's really like lame and I don't want to listen to it. Please don't turn the podcast off or check out because, um, allow God's word. Second Timothy three sixteen says all scripture is used. Um, let me see if I can memorize it. This was one of those 66 verses I was supposed to memorize. Um, Come on, NyQuil, foggy brain, fight through. Uh, all scripture is, I'm going to totally butcher it. I can't think of it off the top of my head. It's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. I'm, I'm butchering that. The, the 2 Timothy 3.16 is the passage. But all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching um, and rebuking and training in righteousness. I, now I've taken away from my point because I butchered that verse so badly. But the point is that um, don't just check out here because you're hearing scripture. Um, God's word does not return void. It will do what it was set out to do. And so just by listening to the word of God being read or being uh, said or repeated, literally, well, I, I believe that the Holy Spirit can use that to convict, to con- t- uh, to teach, to encourage, to whatever he wants to do into to your heart today. So um, listen for the next 15 minutes as God's word just kind of penetrates your heart and allow it to do whatever God's going to do. Uh, his word will do what it's set out to do. So I love you guys. Thanks for being gracious with me as I'm fighting through the sickness. Um, but I'll be back next week. Also, before we dive in, uh, you can order the pre- pre-order the um, the dad tired devotional which is um, going to be out in a couple weeks go to dadtired.com to pre-order that it is available for pre-order and uh, i'm confident that 
that will be really helpful for you. So anyway, I love you guys. Thanks for being gracious with me and I will see you next week. Later. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water that brings forth its fruit in season. Its leaf does not wither, and in everything he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. So preserve me, O God, for you are my God. You are the Lord. These are the noble in whom is all my delight. Those who choose another God multiply their sorrows. Their libations of blood I will not pour out nor take their names upon my lips. The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a beautiful inheritance. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me. I keep the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore my heart is glad and my soul rejoices and my body also dwells secure. For you do not give up your godly one to see the pit. You have shown me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice. He made known his ways to Moses and his deeds to the peoples of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He doesn't deal with us according to our iniquities. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. He knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. As for man... His days are like grass. The wind passes over it, and it is gone, and its place knows it no more. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting, and his righteousness to children's children, 
to those who keep his covenant and remember to do his commandments. You have put your throne in the heavens and your kingdom rules over all. Oh, bless the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his word, obeying the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all his hosts, all these ministers who do his will. Bless the Lord, all his works in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have obtained access into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing the suffering works Patience and patience works a provenness and a provenness works hope and hope does not put us to shame because the love of God is poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Now, for a good man, one might dare to die. Scarcely will one die for a righteous man. But God shows his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did. Sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the just requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who walk according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, and those who walk according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. The mind that is set on the flesh is death. And the mind that is set on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind of the flesh is hostile to God. It doesn't submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh. You are in the spirit if the Spirit of God really dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, though your bodies are dead because of sin, your spirit is alive because of righteousness. If the one, the Spirit, who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, then he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies also through the spirit that dwells in you. So brothers, we are debtors, but not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. If you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live for all who are led by the spirit of God are the sons of God. He has not given us a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. He has given us the spirit of sonship by which we cry, Abba, Father. And when we do that, the spirit is bearing witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. 
And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, if we suffer with him, in order that we might be glorified with him. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to the glory that will re be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the children of God. For the whole creation was subjected to futility, not of its own will, but by the will of him who subjected it in hope that the whole creation will be set free from its bondage to decay and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together like pains of childbirth and not the creation only. But we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Holy Spirit, even we also groan, waiting our adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. In that hope, we were saved. And who hopes for what he sees? But if you hope for what you do not see, you wait for it with patience. Likewise. The Spirit helps us in our weakness because we don't know how to pray as we ought. But the Spirit intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the heart knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. For we know all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose for those whom he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And those whom he predestined, he called. And those whom he called, he justified. And those whom he justified, he glorified. What are we going to say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how shall he not freely with him give us all things? Who's going to bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who's going to condemn? It is Christ Jesus who died, who was raised from the dead. Yes, who is at the right hand of God interceding for us. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, we are being killed all day long. We are counted as sheep to be slaughtered. No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, I tell you, don't be anxious about your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink or about your body, what you shall put on. Consider the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of much more value than the birds? 
And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field. They don't toil or spin. Yet I tell you, Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So don't be anxious saying, what should we eat or what should we drink or what should we wear? All the Gentiles seek these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. Seek his kingdom first. And his righteousness, all these things will be added to you. Don't be anxious about tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to be anxious for itself. Every day's got enough trouble of its own. If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge and have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all my possessions and deliver my body to be burned and do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. And kind. It does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrong, but rejoices together with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. As for prophecy, it will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For now we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Now, we see in a mirror, dimly, then face to face. Now I know in part, then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. Now abide faith, hope, and love. These three. The greatest of these is love.